should, women shouldn't do things. Because he gives you the method to understand what God's saying us in this particular scripture. Come on, prophet. So I don't want to take things out of context, okay? Because many people preach things out of context, hallelujah, because they just want to do it. Come on now. Come on. And I don't want you to do that tonight either and no more. Hallelujah. So tonight we're going to come to the book, the book of Chronicles, first chapter, ninth, ninth verse. Amen. And here is a chapter that was written by Paul um, from um, Rome. And the Corinth church was a modern day church like, for example, today like in New York City or in Atlanta or uh, uh, Dallas, Texas. It was a metropolitan city. And it was on a sea coast. So um, this city that were sea coast where usually there was a multitude of different denominations, different people, uh, different ethnicities. It was there, uh, it was a plethora, uh, a big uh, a big thing of people from different places and situations. Mm-hmm. And it was just for different, uh, like I said, groups of people, minorities. Uh, uh, it was people that were powerful. There were people rich. There were people that were poor um, in this place. Amen. And then Paul wrote to this uh, in this book um, to uh, to the Corinthian church because God they was telling the people how they were to live and what they were to do. And when we come to First um, Corinthians ninth chapter, the twenty fourth verse, this was talking about the conditions of a final reward. In other words, uh, when we have run our race in Christ, after we've done all we can do, after we have grown, after we have prayed, okay, this is our reward in heaven. When we do what he tells us to do, uh, we go where he tells us to go, and that we live like God wants us to live. So there's no excuse for us not to follow um, God's directions. Amen. So, now this First Corinthians, again, we'll start at the um, 21st verse. Um, let me back up just a little bit. Now, do you know, remember when, uh, if any of you have children or grandchildren, have you noticed that when children are little and the, the first thing that they do when they begin to walk is they don't walk, they run. They run everywhere. They hold on to the sofas and they pull themselves up. And then they eventually begin to uh, run. And they run everywhere. They don't They don't walk, they run. Okay? And Paul is talking about us running in a race. Um, and run for the prize. So the 24th verse says this. Know ye not. That they which run in a race run all. So we have to run. Let's look at the parallel to a physical runner. If you went to high school or you were in junior high school and we'd have to run, they would line us up together. Um, let's say when we were little kids and they'd say, let's run, run around the field. Okay. And when you get to junior high school and they run track, 
when they run track, when you get older, they usually let you do a lot of exercises before you go to run. Mm-hmm. Unless you stretch out your knees and stretch your legs and stretch your arms because it's getting your body prepared for the race. Okay? Even when you practice, you practice as if you're winning a race. You don't practice just to practice, but you practice because you're going to run the race and you have to be determined to win the race. Okay? Uh, so that's in the natural. But in the in, the, in this example here, um, from the uh, from the Corinthian church here is talking about it says know ye not that they which run in a race run all so we have to run with everything we've got in our bodies mm. we've got to run with every muscle we've got to run Jesus. with every strength we've got to run like every Every footstep is your last step. you got to run, and you never run backwards in a race. You never see anybody in a race going backwards. Nope. You never see a little kid running backwards. Nope. Now, if you go out and watch the football players, sometimes you'll see them turn around and back up and lift their legs. Why? Because they're conditioning the back hind legs to stretch them out so they can run faster. Okay, and they won't uh, strain their muscles. So this is what God's telling us in, to, in the Corinthian church, that, that you should know not that which runneth in a race, run with all. Run with every inch of strength that you have. Run like there's no tomorrow. Run like your hair's on fire. I don't know anybody that what their hair would be on fire and they would not be running, running and running to get some water or get an, uh, maybe on the ground and start running so that the, uh, the um, fire uh, would come out or burn out. So running takes a process. Running, we have to be prepared to run. So even in the gospel, we have to be prepared to run the race. We have to be prepared uh, by running a forehand. We have to practice. Like in our scriptures, we need to know our scriptures. We have to practice our scriptures. Why? So if, say, you run to somebody that needs a word from God, but if you don't have any uh, words in you, how can you give them a word right. from the Lord? Mm-hmm. Okay? So we've got to be prepared at all times for the race. Okay, um, so we must run uh, to obtain all. We have to run, again, as if life depends on it. We've got to run um, no matter what happens. Uh, run with tears in our eyes. Run when you don't have any money. Run when your parents die. Run when your children leave you. Run. It's a process of moving from one situation to another situation. Again, like it's like from high school uh, to go to college, or from junior high to high school, or if you might want to go to another kind of school, uh, you're 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 constantly uh, progressing and growing in the natural. So God wants us as believers to constantly grow in the process and learn His word. 
he says that that it says Paul saying this. He says, "I do everything in my power to do like those that try to win, except to enter into sin." So Paul is saying to us, "Now I have to do everything to win souls." Uh, if, if you're Greek and you want to have to deal with Greeks and you try to learn to talk to Greeks and you know about their cultures and you know their attitudes. If, if you're Jewish, you study the Jewish culture. So if you want to win somebody to Christ, you're going to win them to Christ. And Paul says, but you can do anything you can do to win people to Christ, but except to sin. Some people say, oh, God forgives you. Yes, he forgives you, but we cannot willfully sin against God. And God's talking to his saints. He's not talking to the non-believers, but he's talking to the saints, because sometimes the saints find excuses to sin. But Paul says, I do everything in my power. I do everything in my know-how to do what I need to do to win to people, but I do not sin in the process. In other words, suppose you're sitting outside with with some people, with some guys, and suppose they're sitting around and um, they're drinking drinking beer, and you come out there and you're sitting to talking to them about how you doing and this another. Now they're drinking. You're not a drinker, okay? But it doesn't mean you can't spend a little time with them. Uh, it, it, it doesn't mean that you can't witness to them. Um, he says, but you don't do anything. You don't do what they do. In other words, you don't walk up and you take your your uh, can of beer out because they're uh, drinking um, because there won't be a difference between light and dark. Okay? And God wants us to be a difference maker. We have to be, the Bible says, that light, that mm -hmm. light that sits on the hill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I can't be on the on the hill with you and I'm drunk and he's drunk. I can't be on the hill with you, you fornicating and I'm fornicating. I can't get on the hit on a hill on a on a hill and I'm eating myself to death and have no control. Okay? So we have to have control and we must be like Christ, um, uh, as he is. Okay? Amen. So he says, Know ye not um that which runs a race, run with all. Mm -hmm. But run that ye may obtain. Mm. So we're not just running just to run for no reason. Right. We're not just running in the spirit for no reason in the gospel. Mm -hmm. But the word says that I'm running to obtain something. Uh -huh. I'm running to to show something. I'm running to to be better than what I used to be. I'm running to build a relationship. Running to God to build a relationship with who? You. So that when my earth suit uh, uh, implodes on the ground and there's nothing left there but my spiritual man that was connected with God, the Bible says that we will. He says, well, where he is, one day we will also be with him. Okay. So we're running to know him and his, Paul says, and his resurrection power. So run that ye may uh, receive or obtain. 
you will get somewhere. You will grow in him. You will never be the same as long as you run and run and continue to run. Now, if you if you noticed, there's different kind of runners. There's the runners that maybe run a half a mile. There's the sprinters. They run really fast, but for short uh, distances. Then you have the runners that run and they run and you see them run across these obstacles and they lift their legs and they go over the hurdle and you go again so so much to the next hurdle and do what they jump they take the legs one over against the other and they run against it over the obstacles and they do that and they do that till they get all the way around the track and then you've got the long distant runners that run. They maybe run for 10 miles or 12 miles or 15 miles. And what they do when they run, because I remember when I was a lot younger, I loved to do the, um, the long distance running. And when you would do, what you do is you get yourself into a cadence. So you, you get into a, a movement as you come up off the block. And you run so that your air, as you as you breathe, you breathe in, okay, and then you breathe out slowly. And once you get that cadence of breathing, you breathe really slowly, and it's more comfortable to run long long distances. Mm -hmm. So there's different methods of running. You can run short, quick paces. Uh, you can run. Uh, with the hurdle, so you can run across, stretch your legs across, and uh, get across the hurdle, run again, get across the, the hurdle, and run again, and cross the hurdle until you go and run the race. Or the last one is you can run for long distances, meaning no matter how I'm going through, I'm going to run this race, whether it's 20 miles, 30 miles, or 2 miles. I have determined to run this way. Paul says, and you're going to run with all, all your might, all your strength, all your mm. energy, because I practice for this. Mm. How do I practice? I practice with my word. My I practice heart. by fasting. I practice by loving God. I practice when I call out and fall on my knees, and I call out just for Jesus. Mm. I cry out. I pray. I fast. I say, God, I need you. I, I can't breathe without you. You've got to build a relationship with Christ. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the pastor. At the end of the day, it's your relationship with Christ. Because if you die tonight, where would we end up in eternity? Mm. Have we run a good race? Have we run a fair race? Have we run a long race? Have we learned run a consistent race? Have we run in such a way, even at the end of the, the day, if I didn't win the race, I can still shake the winner's hand and say, good job, I'll get you the next side. So this is what Paul's talking about, that we run, we run with all our might. Mm -hmm. We must run with all our might. 
Okay. Now, if you have a piece of pit, a paper, mm -hmm. uh, just write this down here. I give your mama get a piece of paper and a pencil. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about here the four things that we must do to be saved. So we're talking about a comparison of running a race. Okay. So the first, the four, the four things that we must do to be saved are running in our race. We must know. Uh, we must be. Uh, make it so that we must run uh, to run the race to get to heaven. We must be earnestly ready running to make our race to get to heaven. As then run in a race. I must run with every inch of my life. My life, my, my witnessing life. I must witness the people. I must live for God. I must say that everything that's in the book, from the Alpha to the Omega of our lives, we must run in this race that we will make it to heaven as men do in a natural race. Amen. Number two, we must be temperate in all things. Mm. We, um, it refers to the months of training. We must be, we must train on a regular basis. Mm. If you're a jogger, Joggers go out and jog, and once you jog consistently, or even if you walk consistently, it's easy. It makes your heart work better. It helps you lower your blood pressure. It helps you think better. Uh, why? Because I'm working on those things that are temperate, um, uh, that's helping me to train for the race. And the race is uh, in the gospel of Jesus Christ as a contestant in the race. And while we're in the race, we wrestle and we fight uh, with all our might. So we must be temperate we must uh, uh, practice, we must be ready, and we must be comfortable in our own skin that we are what God says we are. Okay. We must be tempered. Sometimes we have to wrestle just to get to the track because going out every day and jogging sometimes is, you're, I mean, the body will say, I got to get up and go to the track and run around. But the, the spirit saying, go, you know, go and sit down. Don't run today. 
Don't do this today. Uh, like you're going in your house and you're cleaning, and you know you've got to clean your house, but your body says, I don't feel like cleaning up, okay? But the house is, you know you need to clean your house. But your body says, oh, I'm tired. Let me just lay down a little longer. Have you ever uh, pushed your alarm clock uh, in the morning and you know you had to get up and as soon as the clock uh, stopped ringing and you say, oh, I'll just wait, I'll just wait a few more minutes, okay? Um, but the body's saying, you know, you got to get up, you got to go to work, you got to feed the kids, uh, but your body say, oh, God, I'm so tired. Uh, and you'll say, oh, well, let me just take just a couple more minutes. And sometimes if you don't get up right away, all of a sudden you wake up late. Why? Because you turned the alarm clock off and you said, I'm just going to wait a little bit longer. So we have to be temperate. And we must to be in training and be a contestant. And sometimes we have to fight and push ourselves to the next level in God. Okay. Number three, we must fight with absolute confidence that we must, we will have the victory. As believers, as runners in the race, we have to already know that we're going to win this race. We have to have confidence in what God says we are. We have to have confidence that God will make a way. We must have a confidence that you know, what God says is going to happen, it's going to happen. We have to be confident, no matter what the obstacles look like, no matter what the weather looks like, no matter what the children say, no matter what's going on in our life, we must have absolute confidence that what the Word of God says is going to be true that we're going to win our race. We're going to run with complete, absolute confidence in the victory. And that our victory is in Jesus Christ. Fighting was done by... Uh, when, it, when, uh, when you go to a battle... They always take uh, pieces of steel or all kinds of things to fight in the battle. If you go to a battle and you empty-handed, you're dead on arrival. Okay. So we have to be prepared uh, in our Bibles. We have to be prepared that we know our God. We have to be prepared to fight a good fight. And we have to know that the victory that God says that we're going to have already won. We've already succeeded. We're already victorious. No matter what happens in the struggle, no matter what happens uh, when it looks like uh, we won't win, but the battle is already won. Mm. Number four, keep your body under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. As believers, God wants us to be under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Because when we have, when we are under the subjection 
of the Holy Spirit, not of man, not of a car, not of a... Uh, the, no, the Bible says to us that we must keep the, our, the subjection of the Holy Spirit. And when we're under subjection of the Holy Spirit, we don't curse folks out. Um, we don't say words we're not supposed to say. Why? Because we are now took our bodies and put it under the subjection we're subject to the word of God okay so as believers we must be keep these bodies your body put your finger and put right on your chest and say this body okay okay under this body the Bible says keep the body under and bring it into the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So when you're under the subjection, okay, you're under, you'll be low. You're not above. You're not equal or above. He says, but you're under. So you're under the umbrella of God. You're under the subjection of God. You're under the anointing of God. You're under His wings, under His feathers, under His flow, under His anointing. And that way, that means you become, you're under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. So when we get angry, and when we get mad, and when we get frustrated, and when we get aggravated, we have to say to ourselves, my God, am I under the under subjection of your Holy Spirit? And God, if I'm not under your subjection, help me, forgive me, cleanse me, wash me. That's why David said, he said, uh, God, God, whatever you do, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Because David was saying, put feet under the subjection, under, beneath, under the control of the Holy Spirit. Because when I under, I'm under subjection of the Holy Spirit, no matter what man say, I'm under the control of God. No matter what people do to us. Okay, whether they try to control you or aggravate you, frustrate you, cut you out, uh, or just belittle you, uh, you don't go back at people. You take and put your, your body under subjection of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because as long as I'm fighting, why would God fight for you? Why? As long as you're trying to get back with them, why would you want God fighting for you? But when you yield uh, to the Holy Spirit, that's when God steps in and fights for you. So those are the four things that we must have when we must be saved. Okay? We must run as if to win the race. We must be temperate in all things. Um, even whether it's wrestling or whether it's training or being the subjection of a uh, of thing, we must be temperate mm-hmm. in the things of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be saved, you must fight with absolute confidence 
when you be saved now. We're talking about being saved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You must fight with absolute, mm-hmm. absolute no denial, mm-hmm. absolute no back down, absolute. When I'm confident, God put me in this place, God put me in this office, God of a danger and a painter, I have complete confidence and I fight with absolute confidence that what God says I am, I am. I can do what God says I do. Why? Because I have absolute confidence what God says is in me. And lastly, to be saved, keep your body under subjection of the Holy Ghost. Keep your body. He's telling you keep you keep somebody else's body under subjection of the Holy Ghost. He says, keep your Paul says this. Keep your body under subjection of the Holy Ghost. And I say your body. People can tempt you with things. People can tempt you with money. People can tempt you with power. People can tempt you with sex. People can tempt you with food and anything. He says, but you don't be worried about what they do to you. He says, keep your, Brenda, keep your your body under subjection of the Holy Spirit. Erica, keep your body under subjection of the Holy Spirit. This part of being saved. Surely, keep your body under subjection of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you have Christ, a hope of glory in you. And these are the things that we must have in order to run this race this race run this race 25 and every man every man that strives to master is temperate in all things now they do it to obtain corruptible crown. Mm-hmm. That was 25. Mm-hmm. You are not running a race to get a natural prize. You are not running a race to get a brand new car. You are not running a race to be seen. Mm-hmm. You're not running a race to get a beauty prize because mm-hmm. you're the most beautifulest. You're the most handsomest. You're the most most well-spoken person. We're not running that kind of race. But we're running a race that's uncorruptible. Mm-hmm. I'm running a place that we're a race that only God can give me a prize. I'm running a race that when I leave this body, that my race is over in the natural, but in the spirit realm, I have obtained the race. I have let finish my course. So we're not looking at a natural race, but a uh, corruptible crown. I read 25 again. And every man mm-hmm. that strives, in other words, every man that runs for, mm-hmm. okay, for 
um, the mastery is temperate than mm-hmm. all things. You can't be tempered in one thing. You can't be so heavenly minded and no earthly good. Because while you, while the police pulls you over at the red light because you run a, rid of run a ticket, mm-hmm. and you you come and the policeman comes to your car and he says, "Ma'am, should I see your license and your, your driver's license?" And you know what? Because you're trying to deal with something in the in the spirit while the policeman who's telling you naturally, ma'am, can you pull out your license and your registration, please? So we have to equate what is God's and what is not God. Mm-hmm. What is what is what is temperate mm-hmm. what is and what is not temperate. Mm-hmm. What is uh, uh, and what is uncorruptible mm. and and the uncorruptible he's talking about a crown mm. we're gonna we're gonna receive something why because we met those criteria right. those things that we must be saved in that are uh, earnestly to make heaven we made up our mind we're going to run till we meet, get to heaven mm-hmm. two we're going to be temperate in all things three I'm going to fight with all uh, uh, absolute resolve that I'm, I'm confident that my victory in Christ that I'm going to meet my king one day and that I'm going to be kept or kept uh, my body under subjection of the Holy Spirit why? because of the things that I must have in order to be saved mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now, verse 26 says this. I, Paul's talking. I, therefore, thee, I so run. I so, I, Paul, Glenda, Shirley, I, so, so, meaning, okay, now I'm getting ready to go. So, I run. So, I'm going on my chase now. I'm going on my run. I'm going to my obstacles. And now, I'm getting ready to move. I'm running. I'm running for my life. I'm running. I'm not going to look back. I'm running as if there's no tomorrow. I'm running to obtain my my prize in Christ. I'm running and I'm not going to look back. I don't worry about the groundhog that I've already passed. I don't worry about the footsteps that I've already passed. But I'm looking forward. I'm leaning forward. You know when a runner runs, they don't run straight up. They run with a slant. Why? Because they're going towards the next step. They're running to the next level. They're running to the next growth in God. They're running in a place that when I get in that place with God, there's something that's so sweet in Him that I know that I'm in that place, but that I'm in that zone with God. I feel His power. I feel His anointing. I know He's with me. I don't want to ask nobody if God's with me. I know that I know with a surety because of my victory, my victory is already won. Why? Because I'm in that zone with God. That I'm sovereign. 
I'm pressing towards the mark. I'm pressing towards the adversary. I'm pressing towards the next level. I'm pressing because I will, I refuse to be the same. I made up in my mind one day, maybe about, must have been 10 years ago, maybe. Um, I think when I got real sick. I remember saying, God, I said, now, if you get me out of this, I said, if you bring me through this, I'm going to run. And I ran, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran, and I made my spirit shouldn't have ran. I read my Bible every day, two or three hours a day. I talked to God every day. I, I took one day a week, and I would fast. If it's just from, from uh, six in the morning to uh two or three in the afternoon because I read it. I realized God, if you had not been me, I would be dead now. If you had not sustained me, uh, there would be no breath in my body. If I had not did what I said, I made up in my mind that I was gonna live for God eternally, uh, no matter what folks said, nobody what people said, no matter how they talked to me, no matter how they cussed me out, no matter what I made up my mind, that God kept me. And I don't care what nobody says, I don't care what nobody do, I don't care that, because I made up my mind, if I, God had not brought me back to life today, I would be dead, I would not be able to talk today, you would not hear my voice, you some talk, uh, maybe some people, my friends, friends would probably wouldn't even remember me no more, because when we leave this earth, we're in a different state. Hmm. But I made up in my mind that if God gave me just one more chance, if God just give me one more cry, if God give me one more breath to breathe, if God just give me one more utterance out of my mouth, that I'm going to pray like there's no tomorrow. I'm going to pray till I have no strength. If I make up my th- if something happens and I think God I can't make it, I begin to quote that scripture that says, God tie me to the horns of the altar. Hide me. He on your side. Hide me in such a way that I know that I've been with God. Hide me. I don't do these things for money. I don't do this broadcast for money. I do this because I love God. Amen. Mm-hmm. I don't do this to be a big a big shot on the uh, on the podcast. I don't do this to be money insane. I do this because I love God. I do this because he told me that he would never leave me or forsake me. I do this because I feel a fire in my God to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't do this because I, I want to be seen and, and have a nice, pretty breath, dress. And I, I don't do this because I, I'm a preacher and I'm a prophet and I can prophesy to the, uh, the wind of God. And, and if you give me uh, $100, I'm going to prophesy to you. And you go, no, no, I do this because my love of God. Amen. I do this because I know my life is dependent on this. I don't do this because of anything else. I do this, and and see, we have to come to a point in our life that we don't do things for people. We're doing them for God. 
Now, in the process, if he uses us to take somebody to a store or do something for somebody or bless somebody, hallelujah, God's going to bless you for blessing somebody else. Now, this is a part of our race. As a people of God, we have to realize that this is the part of our race. This is a part of our race. And just like in the spirit, in the part of our race, sometimes our tears might fall because we don't understand everything, but it's a part of our race. Hallelujah. The times in our lives we don't understand it looks like all hell breaks loose in our mm. lives and, and you just want to say things and do things that you know you ought not do but you know the body will take it and put it under subjection of the Holy Ghost. Because mm. mm. is your life in Christ worth going to hell for anybody? Mm. I say no. Mm-mm. I say no. Mm-mm. Okay? I, I say no. It, it is not worth it anybody to provoke you to go to hell and you said preacher how can you do that they will provoke you to go to hell and then they'll live a while longer and they'll repent and you go to heaven and you know what cause you allowed somebody to provoke you to hell why because you have not put your own body under subjection of the holy ghost you can't tell nobody what to do with their body you can't tell nobody here to live. You can suggest to them. You can give them scriptures. You can tell them about the Lord. But in the end, everybody has the answer to God for your life, for what you did, mm. and what you're going to do, and where you pray, where you want to end up in eternity. And this is why Paul was talking about running a race. Running a race. And so you're running a, let's pretend that you're running right now. A, a hundred dot, a hundred yard dash. You don't turn around and as you run, you're looking back to see that I dropped something. Did I, did I, did I see that I make a mistake? Uh, why? Because you're running next to you, you will run right past you. So we have to always keep looking forward. Mm. We have to keep praying forward. So uh, years ago, God would years ago. God told me. He says, "Glenn, Glenn." He says, "When you pray, he says, pray for your grandchildren afar off." He says, "Those children that you may never see on this earth, you will never meet them in the natural, but you pray afar off for your grandchildren." You pray that they're healthy and they're wealthy and wise. They pray that they're anointed and they're appointed. You pray for them afar. And you say, give me for an example. Remember, Abraham. God comes to Abraham. He said, look up in the stars. And I'm going to show you what I'm multiplying. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you I'm going to bless you. I'm going to show you that the Messiah is coming. Okay? So, so we have to speak those things afar off. Okay? Why? To, to make that incorruptible, incorruptible get to that race and run it with fervency. Run it when your life like it's dependent on it. Life runs with every inch of your strength. 
that's what that's what people runners do in the Olympics. There are some people, some of those Olympians, they they run every day. They they guess what? They watch what they eat, okay? And they run and they get a certain amount of uh, uh, time to sleep and a time to go to bed and they have a time to go to school and a time to go to work. Why? Because they dedicate themselves for their run and their race. And just like in the natural, we must run a race. As believers, we have to watch what we eat. As believers, because you don't want to be so overweight when you lift your foot up, running and up and down and doing things that you can't even get there. You can't bend over. Why? How can we be a witness to God if we can't fulfill His desires? If His desires are to is to go out and win souls, but if we can't go out to win souls and we can't physically get out and do the work, what can we do? What are we prospering in this race? And I can only imagine that these little kids, and they're about a year old or two years old, Jesus. they have this thing built in them mm. to just run, and they run. Mm. Oh, I don't know about you, but little children, they will run around like 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And all you can say about these kids is, my God, why don't they just go sit down? And, and, and if you ever get them to sit down, as soon as you turn your, your back around to do something, they pick up. Yep, they do. Because they're determined to run their, their race. And they run it knowing they're going to do whatever they want to do. And if we take that same attribute as believers in Christ, if we take that same attribute in Christ and run this race as if it was your last race, Run it to the fast finish line. Run it, not so much by a physical pride, but your pride is in Jesus Christ. That one day we will meet our King. Run it in such a way that your children will see the God in you. Run it in such a way that your children will know that their mothers and their fathers and their sisters, their brothers, their sisters, their, their cousins, their aunties will know that the lifestyle that you were saved and you were filled with the Holy Ghost. Run it in such a way that even the people on your job that there's something, they know there's something different about you. I mean, not every word is Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No, no. Live your life in such a way that you are a living example, running and winning the prize. Fight with all your might in the gospel. Fight for the liberty in gospel. Liberty in such a way, again, that they know that we are God-appointed, God-anointed, and we please God. Amen. Again, verse 26 says this. Paul says, I, Paul, therefore, so run. So, sisters and brothers, run. Run in the gospel. Run with fervency. 
Run with power. Run not looking back, but looking forward. Paul says, I press towards the mark. Huh, I press towards the mark of the high calling. Christ Jesus. You know, when you press something, you're pushing, having a weight against it. When you're pressing, you're pushing. When you're pressing, there's an invisible, there's an invisible force there that letting you know that I'm going forward. No matter what's going wrong in my life, I'm going forward. Mm-hmm. And I have to go forward in my prayer. And I have to go forward in the things of God. And I got to go forward with tears in my eyes. I got to go forward. I can't stop now. We can't stop in the middle of a battle and say, I'm tired. But we got to go forward. No matter what happens. For example, let's think about Esther. Esther, in the book of Esther. When Esther discovered her uncle, Mordecai, decided, he he understood that there was a plan to kill all of the Jews. Mordecai came to the gate and began to cry out, and they put on his mourning clothes and cried and cried and cried. And then some of his people had made and came back and told her, Esther, your uncle out there is crying something's wrong. Amen. And when he got to see her, he began to tell her, if you don't do something, if you don't get in to see the king, Esther, all of us are going to die. All the Jews are going to be killed. What are we going to do? I'm your uncle. You've got to do something. It doesn't matter it was your uncle. And I know I told you not to tell anybody that you were Jew. But now it's revealing time. Now it's revealing time. You've got to tell somebody who you are in God. And so she said to herself, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do, uh, but look here, you got to do something, Esther. All of us, every G, every Jewish person on the face of the earth is getting ready to be cut off. And so uh, Esther came back to her handmaids and said, what are we going to do now? I know my uncle's right. So what are we going to do, ladies? If we're going to fast for three days, the power, the Son, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We're going to say, we're going to fast for three days and three nights. Hallelujah. My God. And when we go, and we fast and we pray for three days and three and nights. And when I pray, and when I'm fast, I know God's going to hear me. I know my Redeemer going to live. I know my Savior is going to come in and rescue me. I know, and you got to realize that when you're running a race, uh, that the time comes, you got to realize you're always, you're already going to win. That the way is already made. Uh, no matter what happens, uh, because I Redeemer liveth. And so Esther, 
decided that she was going to get dressed up and fixed up and go to the church. And I want you to know at that time that it was a word, oh God, that you could not go into the king without being announced. You couldn't go into the king without his permission because if you did it, you would die instantly. It don't matter whether you were my my wife, whether my uncle, my cousin, my in-law, my outlaw, it didn't matter because when the law was set, because it was before Christ was born, when the, when the law existed, that you would die. In other words, when you were fornicated in the Old Testament, you died. If you lied in the Old Testament, you died. If you didn't take against the will of God in the Old Testament, you died. It was no, no, well, let's sit down and talk about it. I'm going to pray about it. Uh, well, that's what happened in the old, in the new, in the old testament. And that's why uh, Esther decided we're going to pray, we're going to fast, and I am going in to see the king, and if I die, let me die. My God. Well, some of us saints, we got to realize, uh, hallelujah, we got to learn to fast and pray and go in to see the king. Get on your face. Get on your knees. Get on your, bo- in your body. Oh, God, get a face of God and cry out and say, you got to say to yourself, oh, God, what must I do be saved? Yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a preacher, I'm a teacher, I'm a learner, but God, what must I do to be saved for this instant, this hour, this season? Because we know something's coming. Come on, come on, Father. I know that God says, come on now. Ah, Esther, we must go in to see the king. And you know, Esther had a backup. That's why. Maybe her handmaid said, I know the Lord, know the Lord. He said, Come on. We're getting ready to go to work. And some of our best prayer is on our knees. Some of our best prayers when we're backed up in a corner and we don't know uh, how we're going to get out of this situation. And I want you to know, uh, I talked to my, my aunt just uh, uh, about an hour, a, a call, a, a hour ago named Mary. And she was waiting for a long time for a kidney. She's been on that transplant bed for her kidney. And she called me and she said, Brenda, uh, uh, it was actually her, her daughter. And she said, uh, Auntie said, make sure you keep her in prayer because we're going into surgery now. So we have to be in a position that when we get ready to go to a race, we got to prepare, be prepared. Yes. We got to be prepared in the mind. We got to prepare in the body. We got to be prepared in the spirit. Because just like Esther, she said, I'm going into kids. I'm getting ready. I'm prepared. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. And I said, God, if I die, but I've got to go and do what God called me to do. And Esther stepped in, and the king held out to Esther. And let me represent that yes, you come on in and talk to me now. Mm. So when we're ready and when we're prepared for God, when we're prepared and we're ready for the kingdom, when we're ready and prepared because we're saved now and we know what we do, we're supposed to do and not do what we're supposed to do, what we do, what we know to do. Mm. We don't have excuses when we know the way and not go do the way. Hallelujah. 
We have to do what God has called us to do. And we have to be prepared for every battle. We have to be prepared for every situation. We have to be prepared for everything that God has called us to do. For we are a whole, a chosen generation. We are, ah, cool, cool shot. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are mm. a holy nation. Thank you, Jesus. We are a city that sits upon a hill. We're running a race. A race. A race. So when we leave this earth, when this all, this, and you're living, are you running, and you're running, and you're running with fervency, and you're running, and you don't let nobody provoke you to do something, to say something, hallelujah, how are you running away? And you know why we're running? We're running for a crown. We're running for a crown. Tell you one more thing here. Years ago, when they started the Olympics, they didn't use, have a real shiny crown. And that their crown was branches that was wrapped up, and it looked like olive trees. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. And the olive trees represents peace in the race. And when you ran the race and you won the race, they give you this olive tree branches. And it's wrapped up like a crown. Because it is incorruptible crown. Mm. And this crown is given to us as Christian believers. For Paul here claims we running a race. And Paul says he is running a race and he's fighting like a fighter. And in this ring that he's running this race, he wants to give out the last knockout blow. Well, in this race, the last knockout blow is when I run across the finish line. Mm -hmm. I finish my course, and I reach, receive my crown. Even in a boxing match, when you are You've won the race. You've, brought, you've, you've actually knocked out the other boxer. Why? Because you've given him the last mortal combat blow. Mm. So we are in a race. We run with our might. We run for the crown. We don't look back, and we keep our bodies under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. 
And when we have our bodies mm -hmm. under the subjection mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. we win our crown. Hallelujah. For we want to receive the uncorruptible crown. Mm -hmm. An uncorruptible crown. Oh and we do all this to win our race in Christ. Father, I thank you for the word tonight. I thank you, God, that you're teaching us to be fervent and a running for our crown. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, teach us how to be a runner in the race. Teach us to run and don't look back. Teach us to hold out whether we're running a short race or whether we're running the race that we have to go over obstacles after obstacles after obstacles after obstacles and it looks like we're not going to get to the end of the race oh we thank you god for the long races when we look like this this thing will never end this trial will never end these things will never end, but you know the end of our race. But we thank you, God, for the race. Because in our race, you're teaching us to pray. In our race, you're teaching us to hold on to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Teaching us, God, to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And teaching us to hold on to the oars of the altar teaching us to know our God, teaching us to know His will, teaching us. The victory is already won. Teaching us the four things that our five is to make it into heaven, teaching us to be corporate at all things, how to fight to know that we will absolutely be confident that we win the victory teaching us to keep our bodies under the subjection of the Holy Spirit so that we must earn the crown of righteousness in the name of Jesus God thank you thank you for your word Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your majesty. Help us to be, God, what you want us to be. Thank you, God. Fill us. Fill us with your word. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Fill us with the anointing that we know that we feel your fire. That we do know that you are God and there is no other God but you. Jesus. For you are Jesus. Strong and mighty. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
Thank you, Lord. scriptures, you know, those are some of my favorite scriptures. And I thank God for them to, on tonight. I thank God for women of God being faithful to the call upon her life. It's just motivating to everybody. When you're walking on with God, call you to do it with other people are able to be inspired by the word of God and stressed by the word of God. So I just want to thank God tonight for you and for Erica. So God bless you. I just want to be faithful and what God called us to do because I know in these times with yes, what they call uh, COVID fatigue and everything coming on sometimes yes. it can feel a little redundant to you yes. but you know we still have to push so I thank God for your commitment to going forward and just doing what he's called us to do so God bless y'all on tonight and thank God for another Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I definitely, I, I thank God for that. I definitely thank God for that. That word, that was encouraging um, to me to keep running um, in spite of what looks, what it looks like in front of me and um and it, it just gives me an opportunity to have a clear mindset you know because when you're running a race you have to have um you have to know what the goal is and what the goal you're reaching to um it's not something that you just come you know you start like you said when you're going to uh going even when you're going to war you have to be trained you have to be trained to use your weaponry it's the same thing when we're running a race. We have to be equipped and trained to know what kind of race we're running, what we're going to run into, what we t- expect, how long it's going to take. You know, and sometimes it may take a little longer, depending on uh, what direction that that, um, that God leads us in um, in this time in this season. You know, and like like I said, we're doing this. We're not doing this to, like you said, to be seen or anything. But we're doing it. We're doing it for that permanent crown in heaven, and that and that's the thing. The key is every time that podcast come, every every speaker on every every uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, and Sunday, Amen. We have uh, it is uh, reaching out the souls, and you'd be surprised. What who are we reaching out to? You know, I mean, you're talking about 1.9 k listeners listening over just over the broadband um and that's not including the people that call in you know so that let us know that that's what our 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 appointment is and our appointment and our assignment is to win souls to christ win souls to christ help people that that may not understand you know may not you know understand the word like they were when it was in the the house in the house of god gave us that opportunity to use to take advantage now the thing is like i said we've been doing this like since 2006 
but because of the fact of the pandemic it had went on a full rise because you know after six seven two thousand six up to now i mean to the point that you know god had to shut down the physical church to understand listen don't take don't despite the small things don't don't despite that don't spike small things and that's what he did a lot of people were despiting the fact that oh this is not oh it's not from this mega ministry it's not from this it has nothing to do with you first of all it's not even your ministry first of all this is god's ministry this is god's church it's just that he give us the tools to use to win souls to christ you may not you may win it different i may win it different everybody wins things different everybody has a different assignment so you you have to understand what your assignment is know the goal that you're reaching towards know the, the race that you're gonna win and you know when uh when paul talked about uh in the scripture when he was talking about i believe in the 26th when he was talking about that he wasn't just shadow boxing he was boxing as if he was uh as he was shadow boxing like he was actually boxing going in the battle with the opponent you know so he had to condition himself as if someone was physically hitting him uh, and he was taking the punches and taking the blows. Why? To get him prepared, you know, and, and you know, not allow him to be disqualified. Disqualified. Because in order to really spread the word of God, we're going to get some bumps and bruises. We're going to get some punches in the face. We're going to get spit in the face. We're going to get rejected, you know. But it's, it's the key is, the key, the matter is, is spreading the word, spreading his word, the good news uh, to the people. So that, that, you know, that's important, you know, uh, this is an athletic race in the spirit realm and it, it, and it teaches us to have like a strategic plan, a training and plan implemented when yeah. we are, uh, running this battle, running this battle. Everybody run, run race yeah. is different. Like you said, some may be yeah. a 50 yard dash, some may be a hundred miles an hour, some may be a relay race. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you have a lot of people yeah. run the relay race because after a while, your yeah. teammate do get tired. Yeah. So what they got to do? Pass that baton. Yeah. That mantle got that, 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 that baton got to be passed at some point yeah. because, you know, the enemy wants you to drop that baton. So if he drop that baton, then who yeah. going to pick it up? So the person that's running behind that person who's picking up that baton, guess what? They got to start running faster. And the person that's running in front of them got to slow down so they can take that baton in their hand and just shoot, just shoot. You know, and that's how we have to do when we're going in the war. When we're going into training like that, we're going through something strategic, even with the word. With the word, A lot of us do get tired. A lot of us in the gospel do get tired. So sometimes, like I said, I be like, Mom, I, I'm, I'm, I'm beat. I'm beat. She like, slow down, slow down. And when I when I minute I slow down, I have to pass that baton to her. I gotta let it go. Cause sometimes she'll she'll snatch it out my hand like, huh, huh, what, what? You know, it's it's all right. And she probably hit me with the baton a couple of times, but it's all right. It's all right. That look, that come with part of the protocol. That come with it. And, and you know, and you know, a lot of times, I know what. I think it maybe about two weeks ago, um, um, I found it was a whole bunch of, say in the last month, there's some really big, well-known preachers have died from this COVID-19. Mm-hmm. There's one in California, 
had one of the biggest churches in California. Mm -hmm. um, there's one out of Texas. There's a couple other places. And I know I was watching it on TV. I'm like, God. And then, of course, that gospel play, uh, guy, he passed away. He had a big church. Yeah. Then he said, one, he said something about the name of Jesus. Yeah. And God was telling me, he said, he says, I'm preparing a new, a new set of preachers and prophets to step on the scene. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm raising up prophets and teachers and preachers that are anointed. And he says, it's not about, it's not about your age. He said, but it's, are you ready and prepared mm -hmm. for what God's calling us to do? Because mm -hmm. okay. every time when another people, a person leaves the scene, God always raises somebody else up. All right. Okay. Absolutely. And it's not always that's the ones that they kind of know. Mm -hmm. That's, you remember one needed to buy them, all of a sudden just showed up from somewhere. Right. Okay. So God's just pruning people now from everywhere. From the from these little towns and these little people that are not known, but God's preparing this, the, the 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 people now for a new set of leaders that are prepared and ready to step in on the scene. Okay, and so the only way we have to be prepared for whoever it is, because it's not a big I and a little you. Some people can handle big ministry. Because they may end up chauvinistic or cheating or lying or stealing money. God, not everybody can handle what other people are doing. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. So all we have to do is what God called us to do. Mm -hmm. If it's for us to do, He'll do it. If, if it's not for us to do, you do what God tells you to do. But we all have a place in the kingdom. I say in the ministry now. I said in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And then some pastors don't don't want to let people to come to help them. Right. Okay. And some people, even even with, with, with preachers, some preachers are ordained to have ministries, but ministries don't have the ministries. Why? Sometimes because they don't have wives or mm -hmm. good wives. Right. And some some women. There are women that do things that are not out of order, that God's not pleased with. So God God knows us. God knows that the Bible says he knows the intent of my heart. Mm -hmm. And my intent of my heart is slack and sneaky and underhanded and defiled. He knows that. If I'm good and do what I call you to, he knows that. But God now, and you, you remember what I tell you, God is raising up a people now. And so is it whether there is in the beginning it shall be in there. God's going to raise up some anointed pastors and preachers and prophets that they call it the last day anointed. And the church again is going to be going to get filled up again after all this stuff is over. Because the same way with Billy Graham that they had this big ministry of people that people are going to come right back to God. Okay, mm -hmm. because God is on his way back. And he's tempering these hearts mm -hmm. and these souls. Mm -hmm. And we have to be right mm -hmm. and we have to be ready. Mm -hmm. And if God has called us to go into a, a bigger ministry in a bigger place, it'll be so. But if God calls us to stay behind the scenes, it'll be so. Take no, and no man stop you or block you what God has called you to do. You might need 
70, 80 years old. But if God called you to do something at that time, he will. We will I believe we will never leave this earth until God has called us to do what he calls us to do if we stay in his will. If we come out of his will, it won't happen. But if we stay in his will, he will happen. Cause that's why he talks about, uh, for he has called us for such a time as this. But we got to stay in his will. His permissive will. What he has ordained us from before the foundation of the earth. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see more prophets that are called out of the woodwork that are filled with the Holy Ghost. They were dreams and visions and they will come to pass. If God is not a white church or black church, God's not a white man or black man. God is God. He has no color. He's no, he loves us all. And he's not going to do more for the white church than the black church. Because we're all one church. All he wants us to do is live in his will. Pray in his will. Fast in his prayer. And he'll do the rest. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen.